I'm gonna try this out. Alright, this is Kayla Van Dyke uh, interviewing Mrs. Landreth. Okay, um, this is Mrs. Landreth, and uh, uh, this is Mrs. Landreth. Uh, I'll let her tell you the story. About what? Um, go ahead and state your name. Oh, my name's Juanita Landreth, and I was, uh, my maiden name was Juanita Kittner, and I lived east of town. And so I have lived in this area for 79 years. And uh, I married Clyde Lander in 1942, shortly before he went to service, Army. And then he was in South Pacific for four years. He had gone to work on the railroad before he got drafted. And so when he come back, he was fortunate enough to have steady work and uh, worked until he retired. And uh, I live on the original land uh, where, he, where he was born and raised. This was the Landreth, the club, uh, his parents lived here and where he was raised. And this is where I live now. Mm -hmm. Uh, what kind of changes have you seen, uh, such as stores progressing with uh, the years, and uh, obviously like the roads are different, and how, uh, how have you seen the uh, Marceline Society grow as the years have progressed? Well, I think I know the answer you want for that. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure with my limited sight that I can say that it's grown all that much because at the one time uh, at one time we had a sign out here when I I, I started in the Marceline schools my seventh grade and then I graduated from high school here and when, I, when we first moved in from the, really the boondocks when I was ready for the seventh grade, they had a sign out at the edge of town, 5,000 population. So, um, I'm sorry, I don't believe I can tell you that it's grown all that much. I mean, it's shrunk a lot. <laughs> um, but I mean, you, you want the truth, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can, uh, that's no problem. Uh, what kind of, uh, festivals or kind of... Oh. Well, we've had lots of nice festivals, and the 4th of July has always been really a, a biggie. And uh, I can remember some things that will seem strange to you. At, uh, uh, they had a great big tank in the middle of the park, and they would have these 10 teacups, or not teacups, excuse me. Really funny. Uh, some of my memories is kind of bizarre, maybe. Maybe I'm not kind of a person, I don't know. But anyhow, they had this great big watering tank about in the middle of the park, and they'd be such a crowd. You can imagine all ages. And they had these tin cups tied all the way around the, <coughs> this thing, and they'd have water and ice in there. 
and people would go get a drink. We didn't know about germs back then. And they would take a sip of water and then they'd throw the rest down. And so pretty soon there was a loblolly of mud all the way around this uh, tank. And that was just part of the Fourth uh, of July holiday. We thought nothing of it, you know, year after year. But uh, everybody just, it was a community drinking place, you know, <laughs> with ice water in there. Just a huge holiday. And these cups were tied so people wouldn't take them. And that was kind of funny. And then the, <coughs> they would have the carnivals come. We all looked forward to that. And uh, then, of course, like still, still yet, they have far, fireworks. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was one of the main. It was one of the main holidays, I think, the Fourth of July. And then we used to have. Uh, and they would be the same men that would light the firecrackers. There was a man named Bill Jackson. That just seemed to be his job, you know, okay. to like firecrackers. And then in the fall, we would have fairs, and people would bring their pumpkins and tomatoes and things that they had grown, and they would be prizes for the various things, uh, produce. And uh, that was a festival that we looked forward to. And then. Uh, of course, we had these jubilees, which was uh, really quite a production. That's the book that I'm looking at now is the Diamond Jubilee. And I was just about the, my family was just about the age to where we could all participate in it. And we had, a, we had pageants and we were all in it in one way or another. And it was, uh, it was really quite a, quite a uh, elaborate, what kind of stuff went on to that jubilee? Well, they had a pageant, and they had all these people in it. And uh, let's see, uh, I was fortunate enough that I got to work with a, a lady named uh, uh, Vivian Smith, and she was very uh, what is the word? She, she she could get people to get things done. She was a very persuasive person, and Audrey Walsworth was the one that wrote our Jubilee. She wrote the script, and uh, I got to, to work with them, which was really a privilege, and uh, we had costumes and things for all these various uh, scenes that we put on, and it was, we, we thought, and I still think it was, it was really terrific. And, uh, let's see, then you wanted to know about Walt Disney when he come, didn't you? Yeah. Well, he come to dedicate this play uh, hole and the things that he give us for the playground down at the, the park and the other things. And we had this stamp day and we sold a first edition Walt Disney stamps. So I was fortunate enough to get hard and it, it lasted probably, I don't know, two weeks maybe. And uh, we'd send out these, people sent in to get these uh, first edition stamps. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And of course we got to, to meet 
uh, Disney, and, get, and all of us got uh, autographs. And I kept mine for a long time, and then finally just didn't take any special care of it. And then uh, I I sold it for two hundred dollars, which I thought was fine. And then I've heard somebody else got eight hundred or a thousand or something. Is later years, you know, mm -hmm. when they get more scarce, I guess. Yeah, over time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all in all, I think this has been a really a nice little. A nice place to to live and to raise a family. Uh, I had uh, I lived on Walker when my husband came back after four years in in the Pacific. Why? Yeah, he got to go back on the railroad. We had two children, Edward, which is now a civil engineer, and uh, Joyce which married Ott Colson, and she is a speech therapist and registered nurse. But anyhow, when they were growing up, we lived on Walker Street, and they were the Cochrans and uh, Philip Malone, and uh, oh, there was uh, enough other kids around on the park along in that neighborhood that they um, they went to the, uh, the Kings, George King's family. They went to... Uh, the country club, just all through the summer, they'd go to the country club and swim. And um, Gifford Newman had a boat, and we bought skis. We didn't have a boat, but we <laughs> bought skis. And the kids would, he would drag them around and around the pond, you know. And <clears throat> my daughter Joyce had long braids at the time, and I don't think her hair got dry all summer long because <laughs> she was in the pond all in the pond almost all the time and it was just and then on Saturday afternoons the whole group of them would usually go to the show the matinee you know Saturday afternoon shows and then we lived close enough that the kids could walk and go these places by themselves you know and they just had a lot of uh, things going for them and, and the ones that wanted to they had ball ball games and things like that and uh, I think that uh, they would, I'm sure, because my son has said so, he lives in Albuquerque now, that, that it was a wonderful place to grow up. Yeah, quite a Uh-huh. Like you said, they went to the matinee. Was the matinee still where it is now? Uh-huh. Is that still the same building? Yes. Mm-hmm. At one time, there was another show that was down at... Uh, uh, about at the end of the block across from the park down, you know. mm -hmm. and it was called the Chief Theater and it burned out and it never was rebuilt but that uh, the one where, where I'm talking about in the mid part of town where it is now yeah. was the ones that uh, my kids went to so that was just kind of their routine they, they just really enjoyed their summers oh, yeah. Uh -huh. It doesn't. I mean, yeah. Uh huh. And they, they all stayed pretty much uh, just that group that lived right there. They went places together, and they just um, seemed to kind of look after each other all the time, you know. Yeah. And ride bicycles, and yeah. And they had skates. They had the skates with keys that they wore around their neck. You probably don't remember anything. Uh huh. 
Okay, but they, <laughs> they'd have a string around their neck with a key on it, and they had to tighten their skates. They was these metal skates that fit on their shoes. Mm -hmm. They'd be antique now, wouldn't they? But uh, on Walker Street, now the school that they, when they were small, smaller, was where Printers now is. There was a school there. And with the hills and things, they could skate to school almost. And so I think they had a very enjoyable time growing up. And uh, we took the scouts, Girl Scouts, and uh, Boys uh, Cub Scouts. I don't think. I don't think. Well, yeah, I guess he did go in Scouts. Um, and let's see what else. And we went to Methodist Church, and uh, well, we was just kind of your typical small town hips, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we were happy. You said you didn't go to school till seventh grade. You didn't come into school till. I, I before that we lived really out in the country, east of town, on a farm, <coughs> and. Uh, it was a little one-room schoolhouse, about like Elm Grove, and I went to school there till I finished the sixth grade, and then my folks moved in to where I could go to town school here. They moved in, and from then on, I went seventh, eighth, and the four years of high school here. Was that at the uh, where Pringers is now? Was that that school, or was it? No, at the time I went to, into the seventh grade. Uh, they had it where the high school building is now, but we had the 7th and 8th grade upstairs. The first two, uh, when you go up the stairs, the first two there was 8th grade, and then the two down towards where, well, it was girls' restroom then. Yeah, probably still there. Okay, There's well that... There on your right. Mm -hmm, that was 7th grade. And then the study hall, you know, the great big old study hall, where the library's down at the end, well, that was for the high school and everything, but we pretty well, the seventh and eighth grade, as I remember, that was our territory, was that uh, the two rooms there, they had A and B class for the, yeah, somehow or other. Yeah, the eighth grade was the one closest to the study hall, and the one back towards the, was the seventh grade. And uh, so when I think back about it, that was really quite a change come in from a, but I never thought about it at the time from a uh, from a little one-room schoolhouse to come into the town school yeah was it I mean was it pretty easy to change I mean was it pretty easy to change to that uh, yes it, it was because I don't think they knew exactly what to do with me because <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't decide whether I was a B or an A class because I kind of fluctuated <laughs> What was, the, what was the difference between A and B? Well, A was the smarter ones and the B was the slower ones. Oh, they really, I uh -huh. really ever did that. Uh-huh. And so at first, well, as I say, I, I was kind of a betwixt in between, but I managed to get, <laughs> they didn't know exactly whether I was smart or dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you can look back and be like, yeah, I'm a smart one. Yeah, uh-huh. Because a lot of the things, from the little country school was a little bit different. Oh yeah. Um, 
you grew up with uh, the lady in white? With what? The lady in white. Oh yeah, I know. Well, that was one of our things that we had in this pageant here. Yeah. The story, but <clears throat> no, you're going back a little too far for me. Cause <laughs> see, I'm 79, but I'm not 99. There's a little bit difference, you know. Yeah. I've heard I heard the story, but I didn't know her or anything. Yeah. But I've heard the story. Is there any kind of other um, tales as you grew up that went on? Oh yeah, we had. To <laughs> That was one of the ways we entertained ourselves with stories and things. Yeah, ghost stories was was good. Yeah, and uh, we and we set out in in the evening sometimes, and and uh, sometimes they would be <coughs> neighbors and things that was pretty talented at storytelling, and they would tell these ghost stories and. Us kids would sit around and wait for the scary parts, <laughs> and we'd heard them before, but we'd tell us about so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. about when you saw the ghost under the bridge or something, you yeah. know, and we'd get them started, and that was uh, kind of fun, you know, we'd be, uh, sit outside where it's real dark, you don't know how dark it is in the country, real country. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who was some of the, uh, I'm trying to think that was Early that. merchants. Yeah, who was some of the early? Well, Mr. Murray was one of the first ones, you know. And the store still has the name Murray's, you know. But there's not a Murray in town anymore. But uh, he was an early merchant. And then there was a Mr. Downing that had, uh, which is Bob Downing's father. He had a grocery store. And, uh, hmm. There was a man named, uh, let's see, well they used to have little stores around, uh, mom and pop grocery stores they call them, things like that. When I lived on Walker Street, <coughs> you know where Walker Street is? Yeah. Well I lived directly across and that's where my children grew up to always about 13 or 14. Uh, uh, they was uh, kings. Mrs. King, George King's mother, had a little store, and she had uh, lunch meat and uh, bread and milk and canned goods and things. And then up in the north part of town, there was some Williamses had a little store, and just kind of like in the front of their house or something, they'd have shelves and things, you know. Uh huh. And then there was uh, there was several little stores like that all over. Town and apparently they made a living. Yeah. I don't know. Um, still, I mean, like the kings that used to be up there by where Casey's is now. Yes. Uh huh. Did all right till Casey's moved along. Mm hmm. We call them mom and pop grocery stores, you know. <laughs> and they'd have, and the, at that uh, time, they they'd have the necessities, you know, things you could run over there and get. Yeah. Particularly lunch meat and bread and milk. Who were some of the higher society people? Like today we have walls work. Well, uh, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, of course, we had Wallsworth back then, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
In fact, I worked through Walsworth when my husband went to service for a while. And then they was, well, we had a, we had a Dr. Putman's here. Uh, and the, well, I don't know. It's kind of what you consider social people. You mean the ones that were, they were caters. There's a, a lot of the ones that was maybe merchants might have been considered the socially elite. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, go ahead and get, get back to the uh, coal mines. Now, where was, like, you could say the headquarters station at, or can you tell me that? You mean where the coal mine was? Yeah, the main. Well, it was down the foot of the hill there. I told you, you know, down that lake was down there. And I'm sure they had a little shack or something built there to, to um, see, you're, you're going after again before I really come into the family because <coughs> the mine had collapsed by the time I married into the family. So it was just mostly legends and things that we heard about the mine. But I'm, I'm most certain that they had uh, something on top, kind of like an office or something, where they keep track of how much, how many tons they sold it by the time, how many tons of coal so-and-so got and how much it was a ton. And a ton of coal, surprisingly, is not as big a pile as you think. Coal's pretty heavy. Uh-huh. And um, I can remember when it sold for $8 a ton. But uh, you have to remember the prices was different than what they are now. Yeah. You know, that was probably people didn't make as much money as they do now. So it probably was um, was like three times that much now, maybe, or yeah. yeah. Maybe almost like our gas this year, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Our yeah. gas has been high. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you said Stairs House was where the original Lair's house was. Uh-huh. Yeah, that house has been remodeled uh, no, Lomars, uh, that Lomars, you know, that Eddie Lomars, no, they probably was gone before you was here. Uh, they was one of the first ones that remodeled it, and I'm sure they tore the inside. But I was talking to Dorothy Lander yesterday on the phone. She lives in Richmond now, used to live here, you know. And I was asking her, because she's even older than I am, would you believe it? And she said she thinks the original stairway is there. But I haven't been in the house either. And uh, she, she said she thinks that they changed maybe petitions and everything, but she thinks the original stairwell you know, yeah. is probably still there. Yeah, yeah but oh, there's probably other parts, but they oh, just yeah. changed it around. But I give that uh, man that lives there now, Sarah, there. picture of the old oh, oil. Yes. Well, where they was all, I don't know, I've got a picture in here, or where they was, uh, oh, they had great big ladders and things, and they had great ideas that they was going to have uh, natural gas. I think I told you about that, didn't I? Uh, a little bit yesterday. Okay, but it's not on, okay. Well, they found out that this, uh, would, they, they dug, and dug and dug and had these people come in with the uh, machinery. 
Let's see. There it is. There's the picture. I give him the original picture and he's got it. Now this is Clyde Sanders, but I don't want pop. He's kind of show off. I don't want that in there. Scratch that out. <laughs> uh, but this is Landers. A bunch of them, you know, the Landers. Yes. Well, but they decided it was, after they went down for tells there how much they decided it wasn't feasible to it was too expensive for what they thought they'd get out of it. But natural gas, can you imagine? Was that, was that the only one they could like going? Yeah, I think so. But uh, they said that uh, even later that you could get right over that and strike a match and it was the plane to come up. Now, Johnny Newman might know about that because that's kind of in his territory, you know. Yeah. And as I say, I always wanted to go back there, but oh, they just. You know, we just was busy with other things, and we never did go back and see it because it it had been abandoned years before. Oh yeah. But there's probably some sort of a semblance of something there that you could probably find. You know, somewhere through the. Well, where the yeah, it was. Yeah. Was this like the same time as the coal mines, or yeah. after the cutting? But I give him the original picture because, well, you know, it, uh, but this was uh, the ones that worked on it and everything. And the new ones in the land are related. Really, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Was that pretty much the same? Was that the same crew that worked with the coal and stuff? Yeah. But see, this is a great little thing. Yeah. 
been kind of kind of rented it out. Yeah, mm -hmm. kind of like a rooming house, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that you know, maybe <laughs> like yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh huh. So, but anything in my time, I'll be happy to tell you. This is kind of uh, this is kind of a treat to be interviewed. <laughs> well, I thank you for it. Uh, it was kind of on short notice, but I thank you for the interview. Well, and I've enjoyed it. And I'm sure. What place are you in? I'm in a uh, dual credit. Psychology and look at sociology class, and we were in doing interviews for kind of the old Marceline, trying to yeah. find stuff out about it. And uh -huh. One of our projects for the well, year. I think it's uh, it's very worthwhile. Our history is, and you know, of our town and everything has got to be uh, kept on. And about the only way you can do it is by word of mouth. <laughs> yeah, and keep it. And they have it uh, each year. He has. People try to do it. Uh, people that haven't been interviewed already, you know, mm -hmm. and try to get new stories and new stuff, and try to get and make everybody do somebody. Have you interviewed your grandma? Uh, Amber's going to do her. Oh, and she's going to try to get a lot of uh -huh. stuff out of that. Well, that's I'm great. Sure she'll have that's really Well, I went to grade school in the country with the one-room schoolhouse, and then moved here. And so there's been lots of lots and lots of changes in my life. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe it. I mean, mm -hmm. I just wonder, you know, what'll be. You don't know what what things might just be over this. Maybe. Oh yeah. I mean, you look back on how things uh, changed up to now. You know, you yes. look forward. Uh -huh. Look at our overhead bridge being changed. You know. Was that there when you were here? Yeah. yeah. Well, it used to be uh, people, as I said, used to burn cold, and it was a heavy smell. And you, the stick, you know, you could. I don't know whether you've ever smelled coal or not. Well, at one time, Jones's that had the body shop was about the only place around that burnt coal. And I guess I kind of like the smell of it <laughs> because you, you know, you distinguish that odor. But uh, everybody's gone now to. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I guess. Or electricity. Electricity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so there's been so many changes. At the, when we first started keeping the house, uh, we had a pretty old stove and used coal. And then we got oil, an oil heater. And then the next step up was uh, uh, gas, I guess. Uh -huh. Yeah, or electricity. Yeah. Uh, electricity uh, is good heat. Yeah. And my daughter's house was to be sold down there. It was heated with electricity, and each room was separate. You know, you could have yeah. one. Uh -huh. And it was pretty nice. Yeah. But this one, this house, is all on. Um, uh, is yours? 
your proxies, guys. Uh, we do electric. You do electric? Yeah. I think electric's better. I like electric. Yeah. Except, you know, when storms and then electric yeah. goes off and then you can't, yeah, can't right. do anything. But if electric, if your storm and electric goes off here, uh, it soon cools down because the fan is the thing that kicks the air, the, it's a forced air furnace, you yeah. know, here. And, and if the fan don't go, well, it don't get, it gets, it gets cold, but cold. it's never, we've been lucky so far. Yeah. So, I'm yelling, I've seen <laughs> many chance, many changes from ice blocks. Oh, that's something you wouldn't know. People used to put a sign up in their window, 25 or 50, and that meant the Iceman. That was a job for, that a um, man would do. And he would go around with blocks of ice, and he'd go in your house and put this ice in your ice chest, you know. And you'd put your food in that, like a refrigerator. Yeah. Well, you had to put a pad underneath <coughs> the thing for those water running tubes, and it would melt. Well, you had to watch carefully, or the thing would overflow, <laughs> and <laughs> there'd be water on the floor. And so, a uh, refrigerator was quite a, <laughs> quite a convenience, oh, you know. Yeah. And I think that, that uh, people my age, we probably appreciate things more than you you guys that's always known them. Oh, yeah, with you guys growing up with, you know, the way you know it growing up uh -huh. and then you get this. And you think, gee, this is really neat. <laughs> and you all take it for granted. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. A lot of people don't stop and realize how it used to be. And then, yeah. I mean, like mm -hmm. what we got now, you know, computers and everything. Mm -hmm. and right then, it was all pen and paper or something. Yeah, I can't, I can't understand computers, but aren't they terrific? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just really Maybe enjoy it. Well, since I, when I was sick, you know, and uh, I never would touch joysticks, or I've been around computers, but I was afraid I'd break them. I wouldn't touch it. So my grandson, after I had cancer, he said, well, and you know, I couldn't get out for it. He said, that, well, I'll oh, get grandma a computer. He said, no, I'll just take up room. She just went ahead and got it. <laughs> And you know, I've had most fun on it. Yeah, 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 write letters and yeah. get mail back and forth, you know. And you can just uh, learn so much on them. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you actually get to get on it? I mean, yeah, I play with it every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are, that's definitely a new technology. Uh -huh. It's really. Yeah. And he's in uh, our room. Uh, well, you know, it's just, uh, we send messages back and forth to family and friends. Yeah. And if you get on a something, then you can look up other things. I always think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. especially something you didn't grow up with. Uh, yes, and my son said, every chance I get in the conversation, I say about my almost 80-year-old mother on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it surprised them that I uh, enjoyed it oh. and got a lot of fun out of it. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of people I know, like, of your age, that uh -uh. really we can try. Uh-uh. My parents uh, want to, but never really get into it because 
I guess it's because I was here by myself, and, you know, and everything. But I really appreciate my grandson. Well, it was Daniel. He probably more than me. He works with computers, and he just went ahead and got me a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I feel a lot safer out of it. Well, again, I thank you for well, the interview. Well, you're most welcome. Uh, it's, been, it's been my pleasure. Let's see what we sound like. <laughs>